G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Thursday rolls around and this is not just any old Thursday, it's the last Thursday of 2020 for the year, uh, getting ready for Christmas and it'll be our last opportunity for an official update with Ashley Saunders from Family Voice Australia who's joining us. Hello Ashley, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Ashley, been a fabulous year getting your insights as all of the battles have raged through the year. It's not altogether over yet. There are still a few controversies that are floating around this week. Let me hit you with one which, in some sense, looks a little bit crazy, but there may be something deeper that needs to be addressed here. Uh, You caught the story about the Tasmanian Greens senator. Uh, who decided that he would make a statement by crossing out the word Christmas and putting in some other words in a Christmas greeting, saying a non-denominational seasonal festivity. What were your thoughts about his motives and about the way that he went about changing the Christmas greeting? Well, he says that that's uh, pretty much tongue-in-cheek as a response to um, Liberal Senator from Tasmania, Erica Betts, and the interest that he shows in these things. So uh, Senator McKim is certainly saying it's tongue-in-cheek, but I think it does raise a very significant issue, and that is about the way in which there is pressure to almost ignore the reality of what Christmas is all about. It was only a few months ago that the Queensland Education Department uh, sent out something which was subsequently denied to be um, official policy when it was aimed at saying school students shouldn't evangelise other school students. And one of the examples given of school students seeking to evangelise other school students in the playground was the giving of Christmas cards with a religious theme. All right, they have Santa and Christmas trees and snow and reindeer, but don't mention what it's really all about. In America, of course, this has been an issue for some years where it's become customary to say happy holidays rather than Merry Christmas. And we need to ensure in Australia that those who celebrate Christmas as a time to remember the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, as, uh, as I say, hope was born in Bethlehem. And for those of us who want to remember the reason for the season, who want to celebrate that hope was born in Bethlehem in an out-of-the-way place to insignificant but faithful couple, uh, we should be able to do that and to do that proudly. After all, this is what Christmas is all about. Ashley, it seems to be that Senator Erica Betts, who is a conservative and a Christian, Uh, He had concerns about the public service and the idea of an infiltration of political correctness, a politically correct agenda in the public service, and wanted to make sure that people in the public service knew that there are long-held traditions in Australia and that people ought not to be bullied into changing the way that they might wish people a happy Christmas. It really is important for public servants to appreciate the extent to which 
this whole political correctness agenda has infiltrated. And one of the things that happens is that when you're involved um, in the detail, it's hard to actually take a step back and to say, just a minute, uh, I've been acting under this influence or I've been acting under that influence. And I think Senator Abetz is bringing a useful perspective. He's asking senior public servants to take a step back and to say, yes, we recognise there has been a degree of infiltration of political correctness. And frankly, uh, again, we need to ensure that the traditions that are really well-loved and the traditions on which our country has been based, that they're preserved and they're protected. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that's very important. Okay, let's move on to another issue, Ashley. The cabinet reshuffled that happened earlier this week. Any thoughts on uh, motives, on the way that uh, the whole uh, uh, reshuffle has happened? Uh, what are your thoughts about the Prime Minister's new cabinet? Well, there's probably three things that are uh, uppermost in my mind. The first is that uh, there seems to be some dissension, some um, debate within the National Party about whether or not the National Party um, promotions and relegations, if you want to use that word, are appropriate. Uh, my prayer is that the National Party, for the sake of good government in Australia, would be able to work those things through over the next little while while we have our Christmas and New Year break, because uh, what we need is strong, good government in Australia. We don't need 2018 to start with there being some of those discussions behind closed doors or being leaked into the public area. The second observation is that uh, Peter Dutton is now able to take control of the super ministry that you and I talked about with your listeners a few months ago and uh, that's been in the offing but uh, it hasn't happened until now whereas now he's in uh, charge of that and we look forward to seeing whether that really is a good move and the third relates to the Attorney-General George Brandis, who will shortly leave the Senate and become the High Commissioner in London. So you think there might be some power issues within the Liberals or within the Nationals or within the Coalition more broadly? Certainly um, what's being in the news yesterday and today relates to um, some power struggles within the National Party and uh, it's the elevation and the relegation of some ministers in the National Party that has uh, really been having um, the media and commentators talking, you know, yesterday, Wednesday and this morning. And, um, and so uh, it seems to be that's where the biggest problem exists or where the perception of lack of unity exists. Uh, there are some people questioning why uh, ministers were relegated and why others were promoted. Um, now, of course, it's the job of commentators, I guess, to speculate on those things. And so it's not unnatural that we'll hear some commentators say, oh, it's really not about merit, it's really about uh, this one's a conservative and so I, I want him on side or this one is a threat to my power. Uh, all I say is that over the next week or two, behind closed doors, the National Party, for the sake of good government in Australia, needs to sort it out and make sure that there is a genuine unity when we start next year. Ashley, let me ask you about the fact that George Brandis, the Attorney-General, has been recommended to take over the UK High Commissioner job in the new year. Uh, his replacement is to be West Australian Christian Porter. 
Uh, not everybody on the Conservative side will be all that unhappy to see George Brandis go from that role. Some people quite disappointed that he seemed to ignore the idea of freedoms during the marriage debate. Uh, what are your thoughts about Christian Porter taking on that role? Do you anticipate that he'll have some of those issues of freedoms in hand and will have a, a good way of, uh, of, of approaching those? My concern is that perhaps the government has not really geared up well to deal with the threats to freedoms that the Coalition for Marriage that uh, you and I talked about with listeners uh, week after week during the course of the Marriage Postal Survey. We've alerted people to the consequences, but uh, we've been told by those in authority, those in power, including the Attorney-General, that really those, those threats are not real, there are no consequences, and, uh, and they are going to happen. My concern is that maybe the government is not geared up properly to do it. Uh, to the government's credit, when, when some ministers think about religious freedoms, they think in institutional terms. And so for some ministers, um, they will sincerely believe that the Marriage Act, as it now is, does adequately protect religious freedoms because they'll think... Oh, yes, you know, no church will need to do anything against their beliefs. No minister will need to do anything against his or her beliefs. But uh, as you and I have talked about, the freedoms that, that we need protecting aren't just institutional, but they're personal. They relate to freedom of thought. They relate to freedom of conscience. And that conscience may be religiously motivated. It may be non-religiously motivated. But those freedoms are under threat. And, uh, and we certainly need to ensure... Um, week by week, month by month, that any threats to those freedoms are brought to the attention of government and parliament. Ashley, as the sun begins to set on another year, 2017, and 2018 is almost upon us, given that there are these uncertainties and issues to do with religious freedom that will still be very hotly debated and contested and there'll be all sorts of challenges, no doubt, in 2018. What are your thoughts for Christian believers who might be approaching 2018 with a little bit of fear and trepidation as to what this coming new year might hold? How do you think we approach these things from a Christian perspective? One of the things that you and I can be encouraged with and we can encourage others, others with is, is the truth that God's truth does not change, that God doesn't shift like sifting sands, that, that he is unchanging. And so even in a fastly changing world, even when the rug of culture is being pulled out from under our feet, even when the assumptions that we think we've lived by seem to be um, disappearing, we can have great confidence in who Jesus Christ is. And imagine what it must have been like for the Jews 2,000 years ago, the Jewish nation. Um, they were under the yoke of Roman rule. They had corrupt royalty. The prophets hadn't spoken for a few hundred years, and it must have appeared as though God had uh, forgotten them. But then, uh, as I've said before, hope was born in Bethlehem. And uh, we can cling to that hope. Uh, because Jesus Christ is and was and always will be the hope of the world. Well, Ashley Saunders have certainly appreciated your fabulous insights and your level-headed 
and yet biblically founded commentary through the year on a lot of issues. It's been a big year for big issues and 2018 will no doubt be a big year again and some are even predicting it could be a bigger year of controversies than 2017. But I certainly appreciate your commentary, your insights, your input and uh, I will point people continually to check on uh, those issues and items that arrive uh, in the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au. And uh, Ashley Saunders, look forward to catching up with you again in the new year. We'll get a routine underway and get your insights onto things as they are unfolding for 2018. But Ashley Saunders, National Director of Family Voice Australia, thanks for being with us again today. Uh, Thank you, Neil, and may I take this opportunity of wishing both you and your listeners a safe, a happy and a holy Christmas. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.